Miguel Aziz's first goal for Portsmouth. Into the path of Smithrow, into the box. Smithrow scores! A really deserved first goal in Huddersfield Town Colours. Wow, this was good timing to record because the news has just come down that Charlie Patino is joining Blackpool on loan for the season, linking up with Michael Appleton, who managed Lincoln City last year. If you remember, when Brooke Norton Cuffey was there, he will now be managing Charlie Patino in the championship at Blackpool. A bit of shocker this afternoon. Uh, I mean... If you remember from our last episode, me and Kev from Next Gen Arsenal were saying we think Patino will stay, get his chances with the first team, maybe go out on loan the second half of the year. But I have no problem with this move. And, you know, just to start off the show, uh, coming in with a lot of excitement, I really do think in terms of his development and the best chance for him to come back next year and play a vital role in this team and potentially kind of be the guy who steps in for Xhaka Jaka probably in his last season at Arsenal. This could be really good timing, and I'm loving the business that Arsenal have done this summer. There's just no way to not love it. It's There's such a clear plan, and for all those idiots, the Neville brothers, whoever you want to talk about, the last summer said Arsenal have no clear plan. You look at this summer, and it is so clear what the plan is. Step one, go out and get our main targets. Step two, go for some targets in the higher echelon, see if we can get them to come. If not, wait around, see if some prices can come down. Step three, get the Deadwood out. Bernalino, great servant to the club, gone. Lucas Torreira, you know, had his ups and downs, looking like he's out. Pablo Mari, looking like he's gone. Next person I'm going to talk about here, Flo Balgoon. Got him alone in a first division in the French League. You know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if this is a move that I would have been all about, but we saw how, you know, Saliba went there, progressed there. Uh, we've seen Guri go there from Chelsea and, and turn into an excellent player. It's a good league, a little bit more space to operate in. Give him some confidence. See what he's made of at the top flight. It's a good challenge at his age to go away from home. You know, get used to playing in the week-by-week, multiple matches a week of senior football. You know, potentially challenge for a European place. Let's see if Reims, you know, have that ability in League One. But before I get there, let's just take a step back here for a second. We are a couple days away from what could be a massive, massive Arsenal season. So much to love from the preseason. So much to love, as I said, about our transfer strategy, about the incomings, about the outgoings, about what the squad looks like. It's just a very exciting time. Uh, You know, we took a, a little bit of a break here from the podcast for a few extra days to get us back on track for the schedule that we want for the season. We will be coming out on Wednesdays every single week. Probably the best time just in terms of you know, a lot of Saturday, Tuesday situations in the lower leagues in England gives us some time to kind of preface what might happen in the Europa League, what youngsters we might see play for Arsenal in the Europa League. This is when it'll be coming out, Wednesday mornings, every week. And as I said, Charlie Patino on the move to Blackpool, will be playing for Michael Appleton, who does like to play kind of a 4-4-2 kind of formation. He has experimented with a 5 at the back. We saw that with Norton Cuffey under him at Lincoln City last year. Getting some time in a right wing back situation, but more often than not playing as a you know, flat four in the back. And, you know, people are starting to say there's no real links or strong rumors, but who knows? Maybe he comes back and says, Brooke Norton Cuffey, come join us here at Blackpool for the season. And him and Patino get to play together a little bit longer. They know each other well. They'll adapt better. Uh, obviously, Brooke Norton Cuffey already played some senior football. 
And Appleton has already brought back a lone player he had at Lincoln last year. He had Louis Fiorini from Man City at Lincoln last year. He's brought him with him on loan again to Blackpool. So it's not to say it's out of the question. And obviously that would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun to see Patino and Norton Cuffey tearing it up in the championship. Uh, and that team's not so bad, Blackpool. They brought in Reese Williams on loan from Liverpool, who has some senior experience with Liverpool already, and some good other young players in the squad. I think this is a great move for Charlie Bozzino. I'm very, I'm jazzed about this. I think their Blackpool are kind of in that mid-table position. If they exceed expectations, they could challenge for maybe the sixth spot in the championship. He'll get to play 30-plus matches in midfield, get used to the physicality, the speed of the game. Uh, they, As I said, there already are some highly technical skilled players in the squad to go along with Charlie. So that'll be a good balance. It seems like he will play in a double pivot, probably on the left side of a double pivot. It's, it's a great move. I'm very, very excited. I think, you know, he could have stayed here this year and potentially gotten a lot of great experience and there would have been nothing wrong with that. But this gives him the best chance to come back for the 23-24 season and step into the first team squad as a vital squad player immediately. I do think with Patino going on loan and Torreira leaving, Tealmans is just a matter of days now until he joins the Arsenal first team. So Tealmans and Jaka probably in that left center mid role for most of the year. Potentially Smith Rowe. I know we've spoken about that a little bit uh, on Twitter as well as on the podcast where Arteta probably trying to move Smith Rowe into that eight role so him and Martinelli can play together at times. Uh, obviously another winger likely to come in. Arsenal are trying to get another winger in. It's a lot of moving parts, a lot of fluidity. You see it with Manchester City. Players playing in multiple different positions. Even Jesus obviously has the ability to play in multiple different positions. So again, I'm jazzed. As you can tell, a lot of energy coming in hot for this episode. A lot of energy. I'm very excited about this move and excited to get to watch him every week. Like, I love to watch him play for the under-23s last year. He just is such an elegant player. He moves with such conviction on the ball. He identifies space so brilliantly, such a highly intelligent player for such a young player. And now that I get to watch him do that in the championship, which is probably my favorite league to watch, I just can't wait to watch him. I kind of am a little hopeful Brooke Norton Cuffey will join him because if I can get to watch my two favorite Hale End products play together, that would just be exciting. It would obviously be a blast for all of us. And Blackpool will have a lot of fans this year, a lot of Arsenal fans watching. So I'll leave it there. Don't want to waste too much time on Charlie Patino, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's funny I sat down for this episode thinking the biggest news was Balagoon's loan, which kind of came out of nowhere. We all had a feeling a loan move was coming, but not really too many links. And this one I'm excited about too, as I mentioned a little bit before. Joining Reams on loan, apparently some Premier League clubs were interested, and I think both the player and the club wanted Flo to go abroad. I think the issue with the Premier League club thing was if he doesn't start hot, what happens? Does he end up sitting on the bench? Does he end up not getting enough playing time? This is a crucial year for Flo and his potential future with Arsenal. He is going to need to succeed if he's going to come in next season and potentially play second fiddle to Jesus as another striking option. Uh, So I I like this move a lot. I think the French League, there's as I mentioned, there's a little more space to operate in, a little bit less physical in the box. The middle of the park in the French League can tend to get a little bit chippy, but also not in exactly the same way as the championship or whatnot. But, you know, this is going to be a big year for Balogun to score some goals. He's going to need to score some goals. 
Uh, I'm hoping, you know, with Oscar Garcia as the manager, uh, you know, he managed Celta Vigo before, uh, he managed Salzburg before. Uh, he likes to play kind of that 3-4-2-1 formation. Sometimes it's a 3-5-2 formation, depending on the profiles that he has. Uh, but I'm hoping Balogun will get to play as kind of a lone striker uh, and be more of a goal scorer. I mean, obviously his Lincoln play got a lot better last year at Burrow, uh, but the goal scoring wasn't really there a lot to do with the way that they play. Again, something we've spoken about quite a bit, uh, the overlapping center backs, Wilder, is a bit of a, you know, his tactics are, are very interesting. They're very different. Uh, but this should be a good opportunity for Flo to impress his goal-scoring ability, something we've seen a lot at the under-21 level uh, with England, under-23 level, obviously, with Arsenal. I'm excited. Let, let's see what he can do here. I don't get to watch this league a lot, and especially not Reims, obviously. But obviously now I'll have a reason to, and that makes me excited too. It's it's always fun to just kind of learn about other leagues and and see their style of play with a little bit of a closer eye and something to really, you know, watch. So big move for Balagoon, straight loan, no option to buy. He should come in there and immediately be starting, I would hope. You know, maybe not week one, match week one, match week two. Maybe he has to get a couple training sessions under his belt. But he, sh you know, I imagine Arsenal sent him here in particular because that was going to be him as the main striking option. I, I mean, there's, I don't even, <laughs> it's hard for me to stop one thing and go to the next because I'm so excited about all this. But Marcelo Flores Comes off for his debut at Real Oviedo. Another surprise loan move. Surprising to us. Again, I think Arsenal have a very clear strategy here. I think they knew all this all along. I don't think this is willy-nilly. And I was a little bit questioning, because I've never watched La Liga 2 before, what we were going to see here. But what a performance from Marcelo Flores. Unbelievable performance. He looked so comfortable. I mean, yes, he's played three friendlies with Mexico and one senior appearance where he played like 11 minutes. But holy cow, he was the best player on the pitch by miles. He was occupying the left wing kind of as in, not even just as an inverted forward because he was starting out wide, cutting in, gaining space when he saw it. He was not cautious at all. He saw some space in front of him. He was taking that space and finding a teammate. He was passing forward, passing backwards. He wasn't forcing anything. He had three or four excellent, excellent take-ons where he took on a man with one where he juggled over a player's head. I mean, just the confidence of this young kid speaks volumes. It speaks volumes about his mentality and it speaks volumes about his talent, right? You don't have that confidence without the talent and you don't have that confidence without having the mentality that I've come here to get better, I've come here to improve, and I've come here to show and prove to Arsenal that I'm ready to play for them. And this was just awesome. He was just taking every man on in sight. He had one play where he tracked back, made an unbelievable slide tackle, got right back up on the ball, dribbled past an opponent, and started a counterattack. A couple of really nice cuts in onto his right foot, shots at the goalie. Just, I'm very excited. And the thing that excited me on top of Marcelo Flores' excellent play was the technical skill around him in the side. It's something we talk about quite a bit with loan moves where yeah, you want to send them to a league where they can, you know, be a good player and, and see a lot of the ball and, and, you know, impress on the pitch. But sometimes you send these players to League One, League Two clubs. We saw it with Matt Smith last year uh, quite a bit. We see it with midfielders. When the technical skill around you isn't high enough, it's hard for you to impress yourself on a match. You 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 know, football is not a 1v11 game. It's 11v11. And so you need the players around you to also be able to contribute. And the technical skill of Real Oviedo is incredibly high. Center backs who are dribbling out from the back, making cross-field passes, making diagonal passes, players able to control 
you know, hard passes to their feet, able to make combination play. Sometimes there was some struggle in the final third, and, and that's understandable at this level, obviously, second division in Spain. But it's not going to prevent Marcelo Flores from succeeding, and that is the main ingredient here. If Marcelo Flores can succeed and impress himself, number one, I think he will definitely make the Mexico World Cup squad if he continues to play like this. I mean, he just adds another dynamic to the to the team. He, he's so comfortable on both feet. He's so comfortable cutting inside. He's so comfortable taking a defender all the way to the end line. Just really, uh, it's so much excitement. I mean, I'm just very excited to see these players getting the opportunity they deserve. I've been, you know, watching them play for the under-18s, under-21s for so long, and now, you know, this is such a cream of the crop here. This this is really the golden generation of Hale End, and, and these three guys are, are, are the best of it. And they're all in such good positions now to do what they need to do. And a lot of that has to do with them putting themselves in the right position, them being confident young players with lots of ability. A lot of it also has to do with Arsenal are now being run by people with a plan, people who are doing what's best for the club and not what's best for themselves, not what's best for agents. It's just an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan, and it's an exciting time to be keeping track of these young, amazing players from Hale End because they're in just great positions to succeed on loan and then come back and, and make their imprint in the with the first team. Uh, next up, Mika Biarith, uh has not played in a couple of weeks now. I think you know he did what he needed to do in preseason. He has come in and showed that he's going to be the number nine for Walwick. He is going to start at the striker position. He's going to score goals. He's going to be crucial in link-up. Uh, did not play. There was a week with no matches. He did get to play the final 30 minutes in the last friendly of preseason, I think, just to keep him match sharp. But the season starts August 6th, this coming Saturday. Again, as I said, you got to figure Mika will start up top. In the Netherlands, though, the only player hotter than Mika Biarith right now is Nikolai Muller, who can't stop scoring. And it's, you know, as a striker, great. He can't stop scoring Biarith, too. But for Muller, for me, it's a little bit different because he really had everything else going for him, but just could not. He wasn't even just not scoring goals. He wasn't getting the opportunities to score goals. And now he's getting the opportunities, which is almost more exciting than the fact that everything seems to be going in. But, you know, he played the last 30 minutes in a friendly against Rosmalen, scores within three minutes of coming on. Then he starts against Kozakin and scores a lovely goal in the 33rd minute where he makes a great run towards the back post. First time finish, left foot, curling it into the far post. Goalie had no chance found himself some space. You know, if you remember from last season, as I was saying, a lot of the time with Den Bosch, Muller seemed to be crucial in build-up play, but the wingers were not looking to cross. They were looking to do it all on their own. They were they were selfish. I, I really, truly felt that they were playing a little bit selfishly. And Muller lost his confidence when it came to making those final runs in the box. And then he was only getting so many opportunities every couple of matches that you're not going to score every opportunity. That's why I'm so excited that he's both getting opportunities and scoring opportunities. And it's all the types of goals that a goal scorer needs. It's a left-footed finish here. It's a right-footed first-time chip over the keeper finish there. It's a header at the back post. It's a header at the near post. It's a header off a corner kick. You know, he scored against Almere City this time with his head just a few days later. After these, I mean, he had scored three goals in like 110 minutes in a matter of nine days. Like, this is the kind of goal scorer we haven't really seen from Moeller at any level of youth football, let alone his two loan spells last year. But it's all coming together for him, and when you're his height and have his technical ability, if you're a goal scorer, you're going to find your way. You're going to find your way in top flight football because that's such an asset to be six foot four and be able to control the ball with any part of your body, You know, playing out from the back. If you're playing against a press-heavy team, I mean, 
to me, it's like one of those situations where Andy Carroll type level player is his floor, and that's a valuable asset. I mean, Andy Carroll had some successful years. I'm not saying they're very similar players, but just when you have the ability to be that tall and control the ball, Andy Carroll was excellent in the air. If Nikolai Moeller can add this kind of goal scoring and continue to progress as a player and keep the confidence up, that's been the key for him. You know, I mentioned he wanted to go back to Den Bosch because he was comfortable there. He wanted to go somewhere where he could have a preseason, and that's exactly what happened. And again, it's another sign. We're five players in here of players out on loan. It's another sign of Arsenal having a clear strategy and thinking what's best for Arsenal, what's best for the player. Because when you only think about what's best for the club and a player goes on a loan and they don't really succeed, then not only do they not come back and play for your squad, but they have no transfer value. And a club's academy needs to supply both players that play for the club and players that you sell for a profit. I mean, look at City, look at Chelsea, look at Liverpool. They sell these players for 8, 10, 12, 15, 20, 25 million pounds sometimes who have never even featured for their first team. And Arsenal are not on that level, but they're building their way there. And it's Arteta and Edu. And I think a lot of it has to do with Arteta seeing how it's been done at other clubs. Uh, Edu has really stepped up and become an excellent technical director. He has the club's best interest in mind. He wants the club to be run like these other clubs. He wants Arsenal to be back at the forefront. You have to remember, he was a player for Arsenal when they were bigger than any of these other clubs. And so he wants to be back there, and it wants to be because of him. And it's great to have these two guys who are so smart and 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 know the you know the business so well and and obviously Arteta learning from Pep and then obviously Per Mertesacker does not get nearly enough recognition has been brilliant he, you have to say the turnaround at Hale End since Mertesacker has been put in charge is unbelievable we have not only started to see such better talents but again seeing a clear strategy with all of these players speaking of big talents you know we've spoken about how much talent he has a lot uh, you know, I, I, I tweet about him all the time just because it, it honestly does hurt me a little that he's had such unlucky spells between injury and, and kind of poor management out on loan. And a good example of when you don't get the right loan move, how it can hurt a player and a club, Tyrese John-Jules has gotten off to a very nice start here at Ipswich. He really, really has. Uh, he played the final 30 minutes in a friendly with Millwall that ended 1-1. Then he started and played 66 minutes in a 3-1 win over Southend where he scored just a lovely volley goal uh, off of a set piece. First time finish, set piece from basically the equivalent of the top corner of the box, but all the way by the sideline. Just a nice ball in, I would say probably 10, 12 yards out. First time slammed it with his right foot and just crushed it into the back of the net. And this is what I'm talking about with Tyrese John-Jules. Like, it's not just all the, the understanding of space and the intelligence and, and the goal scoring. He can do anything with a first touch. He can score, he can pass, he can control, he can dribble around somebody, hit it over a defender's head. I mean, he does just crazy things with the ball at his feet that you know not many players have that raw ability. Like It's stuff you almost cannot teach. Uh, and then on top of that, as I'm saying before, like he has what he does in his regular gameplay, which is he helped play in the second goal, sent the ball down the line for the winger to play in that was a, a free cross and assistant to the goal. You know, Tyrese found himself in space a little bit wider than normal, received a pass, made a, made a play around, around a defender, one dribble by him, ball beautifully weighted down the line to allow the winger to play a first-time cross into an attacker who had a tap-in goal. And these are the kinds of things 
on top of the amazing goal that he scored, but the simple stuff, that's what's going to see him get a lot of playing time and get a lot of action this year, which is what he needs. He has to has to start 30-plus games this year, hopefully mostly at center forward and not just on the wings, but he absolutely has to start 30 games this year. He just needs the game time. He just hasn't had it, and that's why his progression has halted. But with the game time, every time he gets a chance on the pitch, you can tell that he's you know ready to take that next step, and I'm excited about that this year. Uh, and he did play 31 minutes in a 1-1 draw to start the year here with Bolton. Uh, unfortunate not to start this match. I-, I think he had played a lot in the friendlies leading up to it. I think he's going to have to, as I said, earn himself a starting role. But he got himself involved quite a bit in just 31 minutes, kind of popping up all over the pitch, which is what he does. Uh, a shot on target, uh, another shot that was not on target. 25 touches of the ball, though, in 30 minutes. He won five ground duels. Uh, won an interception, won two tackles. He just was very energetic. Again, just kind of popping up all over the pitch, kind of had a hawk eye for the ball, and that is what's going to earn him the starting role, and then the goal scoring is what's going to earn him uh, a place in the starting 11 for good. So a good start here to the year in competitive play for Ipswich. Ipswich obviously would have liked to win this match, but a 1-1 draw, and, and John Jules at least getting 30 minutes. Like We're not talking about the 7-8 minutes that he seemed to be getting last year at Blackpool. Got 31 minutes. He's clearly going to play a role here, and he's going to have to earn himself a starting spot. So let's let's hope he can do that. Uh, going back over to the Netherlands, Omar Rekik, who has, you know, I'm a little confused. He's not playing all that much in the friendlies. Uh, played 45 minutes against Beershot. Um, nearly equalized, actually, in the final minutes of this match uh, with a header off a set piece, but the goalie did make a save and then didn't feature in either of the next two friendlies. I mean, my feeling is... Sparta Rotterdam brought Rekik in to play right center back or or left center back. You know, I mentioned a lot. He can play on either side. He's very comfortable with both feet. But kind of the lack of involvement in the friendlies scares me a little bit. But maybe they just know he's going to have a starting role. Uh, we'll have to see. Season starts on August 5th uh, against Heron Veen, uh, similar time as the Arsenal-Crystal Palace game. But, again, you'd have to think he's going to start. You don't usually bring in, uh, you know, a player on loan, who you don't expect to play a huge role. So I, I would like to see Reiki out there. And he's played great in preseason. He's looked real comfortable on the ball, dribbling out from the back. He's been pinging diagonals all over the place, obviously scored a goal. Uh, so yeah, I, I, as I said, I do expect him to start that game against Herenveen. Uh Harry Clarks started his uh, competitive season. He, he played a friendly the week before against Hearts, played the full 90 at right back in a 2-1 loss. Um, and then played the full 90 at right wing back in a 2-0 loss to Millwall in the opening weekend. You know, Harry Clark, we always talk about, can he play the position and play it correctly? Obviously loads of talent. Obviously loves to get forward. Great in the final third. Excellent crosser of the ball. Attacks the box. Can shoot with either foot and, and score from distance. But it's those loose matches that kind of hurt his team, and he had a bit of a loose match here. Uh, 19 of 35 passing, two key passes. Again, like <laughs> it's every time we're here with, with with Harry Clark where it's like, okay, yeah, he completed only like 50% of his passes, but he did complete like four crosses, two key passes, and have three shots on target. So it's like it, it's so much give and take with him. Uh, but yeah, like 19 of 35 passing, two key passes. Here are the actual stats. Two key passes, two of three successful dribbles. He won 10 out of 15 duels. He was actually real excellent defensively, a, a clearance, a block shot, three interceptions, a tackle. Like, he makes so many great plays, but like it's almost like his mind is running at a million miles a minute, which is like kind of how I feel right now with all that's going on with these players. But 
you know, if you're losing almost 50% of your passes and, you know, losing possession 25, 30 times in a match, that's a little bit frustrating and a little bit inexcusable. You can, can't really afford that if you're not, you know, at least scoring a goal or assisting a goal. So again, he's going to have to get a little stronger on the ball. Stoke did not have a great match here. And I think Harry Clark was trying to kind of force the issue, playing from behind, and he played well defensively. So I think, you know, he felt that he had earned that in a way where he was winning the ball back and then trying to push up the pitch, which you can't fault. You can never fault his ambition. He has the ambition, and that's half the battle. If he can then kind of make better decisions, that's when he's going to take that next step. And this is a great opportunity for him. And again, I think this is going to be a lot like Daniel Ballard last year. Harry Clark is going to play a lot for Stoke. Hopefully he impresses and other championship teams are interested in him next year and you, and you sell him on. Or maybe a low-end Premier League team, but more likely a championship team. You sell him on five, six, seven, eight million pounds, 15% sell-on clause. He succeeds in the championship. That team then gets promoted. They want to buy him. You know, like you're just trying to bring money in. It's a, it, it's a lot of it's about just bringing money in. Harry Clark likely never to play for Arsenal's first team in a consistent manner. I think just from how I've seen him play, how I've seen him progress, the lone moves that Arsenal have found for him, that's what it reminds me of. And that's fine. That's totally fine. Another guy who's spending some time uh, in Scotland on loan, Harry Clark obviously did that last year with two different clubs. Alex Kirk, uh, he played the full 90 minutes at left center back against St. Johnson in the League Cup. Uh, you know, that was a kind of a rough, that group stage of the League Cup it's kind of a rough start to the season for Iowa United. Uh, they scored one in four matches, conceded five. I mean, conceding five is not terrible, but obviously League Cup, not playing everyone's strongest 11s, you'd, you'd like to be a little bit better at the back. Manager, very unhappy from what I've read and seen interview-wise. Uh, and unfortunately, Alex Kirk did not get to you know start the season uh, on Saturday against... I'm going to butcher this so, so bad. Uh, Arbrath. Uh, and Kirk did not feature in a nil-nil draw in the start of the championship season. Obviously, this is the second division of Scottish football. I think this is going to be an interesting loan. This one, of all the loan moves we made this year, this one and Ejihiri are probably the two that are most surprising. Ejihiri I get more, and I'll touch on a little bit next just because well, I'll touch on that next. But Alex Kirk, this one surprised me a little if he's not going to play every week, like the only reason this loan move makes sense is if he's playing every week for Iowa United, getting the experience of senior football. If he's sitting on the bench, I guarantee you he's coming home in January and coming back to the under-21s, getting some confidence. We'll have to see. We'll have to keep an eye on this one. This is a very strange one. Uh, obviously, you know, Kevin and I were talking about it. Not 100% sure what the move was here, but hopefully Kirk will start to feature regularly you know, it's going to be a five at the back, so that'll be helpful for him to have a little bit more help in the back there. He'll have a little bit more cover. If he's out of position, it's not going to lead to easy one-on-ones with the keeper. He'll have the comfortability to kind of dribble out sometimes, make some passes. He, he's a good distributor. He's a tall player. I think this could end up being a good loan spell as long as he gets the opportunities. And then touching on Ejihiri, who I just mentioned, obviously at Chelmsford City, Bizarre kind of loan here. Obviously, it had to do with how many goalkeepers Arsenal had around, and they've moved another one on. Arthur Nkunku got a much-needed loan move to Crew, uh, which we'll go to next. Uh, but Ejihiri has started the season well here. Uh, he started in goal against Millwall, uh, made a great save in the 60th minute to keep Chelmsford in the lead, tipping an effort onto the crossbar that 
should have probably gone in, uh, and they made another good save in the 84th. Um, but unfortunately, this you know it was a good save on, on, on a tough shot, but the rebound kind of parried it right back into the area, which was tapped home. But Chelmsford won three one. Edge Harry played the full match. Uh, got great you know great experience to play against a championship side. I mean that's the kind of experience you'd hope he would have been getting this year is to play against more a little bit of higher level. Uh, but then he started again in goal against Wealdstone in the final preseason match uh, and kept a clean sheet. So it looks like Edge Harry will be the number one keeper, which he better be if that's where he's going to be playing at Chelmsford City. Season starts August 6th against St. Albans, who the under-21s obviously just played this week, beating 1-0 on a ridiculous Joel Idaho goal. Uh, and again, it looks like Ejihiri is in line to be the first goalkeeper. Uh, and then Arthur Nkonkwo, another goalkeeper, getting a lone move, which helps Carl Hine now will be the third goalkeeper with the squad. And, and it's so funny. You, we come into this transfer window, and not to keep going back and saying about how Arsenal have a plan, blah 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 you know, shut up, we get it, Will, but... It's great to see. We there was such a clear plan. Like everyone was like, okay, Carl Hine should be the third goalkeeper this year. He did excellently with Reading before his injury. He does excellently with Estonia. He's a senior international. He should be with the first team. Arthur Nkonkwo should go on loan. Then it's like, oh, Nkonkwo is going on the U.S. tour, and Carl Hine isn't. Clearly, there was a plan here. Carl Hine, as mentioned, was traveling with Estonia. He didn't really get a chance to have an off season. He's a young player. He doesn't need to play. He's not going to play in the preseason with the first team. He doesn't need to go travel to the U.S. Let him just get comfortable. Let him come, you know, train a little bit. He's back home. He's a young kid. Like, you don't want to tire him out. Nkonkwo will get the experience of training with the first team, traveling with the first team, and then we'll send him on loan. And that's what happened. Nkonkwo goes on loan to Crew Alexandra, and he starts in their first match of the season right away. You know, he made two saves. He was a little bit nervy playing out of the back at times. His passing wasn't great. 10 of 31 passing, uh, 9 of 30 on long balls. Uh, but obviously, Crew Alexandra, clearly not a team that are playing out from the back much. If of his 31 passes, 30 of them are long balls. So he's going to either have to get a little bit better with those long passes. Crew are going to have to maybe adapt to him being more comfortable playing out from the back. But that has been his big thing. He's, you know, great reflexes. He has very good reflexes and have a huge body. So those that's a really good combination for shot stopping. He did look a little bit out of position uh, a few times in net and, and why they gave up a couple of goals. He was leaving his near post like way open. Like he was stepping too far out. I, I'm going to guess it was a little bit like nerves, hadn't trained much, hadn't played much in a while, needs to get more comfortable. But the second goal that they gave up, he was like, way out on a six-yard box with a player cutting in uh, from the right wing, cutting in onto his left foot, and, and had it, like half the goal open to shoot out on his near post. So we'll have to keep an eye on Conquo. Again, obviously has not been playing a lot, was traveling with the first team, didn't play on the preseason tour, didn't play any of the matches with the under-21s in preseason. So he hasn't really played in you know, four months. I, I think we'll give him some time. Uh, and then Ryan Alabiosu obviously made his lone move to Kilmarnock. And the next day, started in the League Cup. Well, we touched a little bit of this on Twitter, but starting the League Cup match, wins man of the match, first match with Kilmarnock, and Kilmarnock Twitter is going crazy. I mean, I've, I just looked up Alabiosa's name after the match to see what people thought, you know, see if my thoughts were similar. And I've never seen more praise for a right back in 45 minutes, maybe other than Brooke Norton Cuffey last year for Lincoln City. He was strong on the ball fast, up to the pace of the game immediately, going on commanding runs, flying down the wing. He gets to play a right wing back for them, so that's nice. He has a little bit less 
defensive, you know, that he has to cover. He doesn't have to cover as much defensively. And it looks like he's grown physically. I, I will tell you, he looks much, I don't know if it's taller necessarily, but his frame has filled out more, which makes him look bigger, more, you know, strong physically on the ball. When he runs, it's powerful. Like, it's not just like, you know, some right backs are just pacey. They kind of fly, like Kyle Walker-Peters. He just seems to kind of glide down the right side or the left side, depending on which side of the defense he's playing on. Albiosu is a beast. He's a big dude, and he's powerful on the ball. Like, every stride has meaning, and this is a big year for him. He'll see himself make a permanent move after this year to a championship side or better for sure if he plays this well throughout the year. And, you know, he played 60 minutes in the 1-1 draw with Dundee United in the first match of the Premiership season for Kilmarnock. And, again... A very strong on-the-ball performance from Alabiosu. 6 of 10 passing, 3 of 7 duels won. Defensively, as I said, he looked a lot stronger. 3 clearances, 2 interceptions, 2 tackles. The only thing I'll say is his crossing was a little bit too loose, and that's kind of the player he was a few years ago. He got a lot better last year, as we've discussed, at crossing. Uh, A whole host of assists for the under-23s last year. 8-9 assists mostly off of crosses off that right-handed side, and it seemed like he wasn't necessarily comfortable with where his attackers were making runs, and he was kind of just smashing it across the box, hoping for the best. So he's going to have to get back to that good crossing. But again, he only played 60 minutes here. I think he hasn't fully gotten up to speed of training with the side, uh, getting comfortable with the side. But he's going to get to play a lot of right wing back and and play a little bit more attacking and, and really work on that. And that's something that will, again, help his future value going forward. And the last loan move that has just been made, a player who has not featured yet, uh, is Mazita Gungbo, who we've been saying needs a loan move. He he definitely is a player who's gotten the experience with the youth level, needs a senior side move. And who other than Crawley Town, Kevin Betsy, comes along to scoop up a Gungbo, which is great. There's a clear plan. I, I just keep saying it. And honestly, just skip over this if that's what you want to do, because it's probably annoying. But there's such a clear plan. Like, it would have made no sense if we didn't send anyone with Betsy, especially someone like a Gungbo who found his best form in Betsy's system at that left center back role, three at the back where a gungbo can, a little bit of dribbling into midfield, can play those balls into the channel that he was playing so wonderfully last season. And I love this move for him. That's all I have to say elsewise. I love this move for a Mazid, a gungbo. I, I, I think it, it's exactly what he needed. Does well here. He comes back, probably makes one more loan move to a championship or, or League One side, and then we see from there. But this is just a perfect move. And I was surprised nobody had gone and joined Betsy yet. So last but not least, there are still some players who absolutely need to make a move. Cotterell, Olienka, and Matt Smith all need to leave permanently. They're, they're, it doesn't make sense for them to be at Arsenal anymore. Their careers are not going anywhere here. They're not Loan moves don't really make sense. Uh, I, ben Cotterill picked up another yet another injury. Like he he's such a technically skilled player, and I feel terribly that it hasn't worked out for him. I mean he he's played for Arsenal's senior team, but at this point, you know, hopefully this injury doesn't stop him from getting the move he needs. Matt Smith the same way, and, and I would think Olayenko will make that move. Uh, Tim Akinola, another player, if he can get healthy, I would think would leave by the end of this window permanently, if not at least a loan move. And then there are six other guys. Who like Keto Taylor Hart? I kind of think he needs a loan move for multiple reasons. Like, had a poor season last year with injury and, and just couldn't find the right position. Lots of lots of talent. I just think a loan move could kind of spark him again. Like, give him a new run. 
give him a new light, give him something kind of new to focus on and, and kind of change his mentality. I think Reese Nelson kind of got that too. Um, George Lewis, he's played well in preseason, but it's time for him to get the next experience. Like guys like Amario Cozier Dubarry, Nathan Butler Odeyehi, uh, Kayon Edwards, Charles Sego Jr. These are the guys that need to be playing with the under 21s every week. And that's part of the reason why Taylor Hart, George Lewis kind of need to move on so that those guys can play every week. Because those guys are, quite frankly, kind of become bigger talents. They are out progressed the under 18 level. And Taylor Hart and George Lewis could comfortably fit in at a League One, League Two club, play every week. Get the, I mean, Taylor Hart was getting championship rumors. There were two rumors of him joining a championship side. So those two guys, Jack Henry Francis, I think a League One move would do him a lot of justice. And then James Hilson and Tom Smith, it's just too many goalies because Gratschik is probably going to start most of the games. And you have, you have a couple of other younger goalies, like Alexei Rojas, who's a very exciting goalie that are going to probably make their way to the under-21s at some point this year. So let's see. Let's just see those guys. And then Salah Adin. You know, I, there was early rumors of him going on loan to the Dutch League or, or maybe going to Ajax or something like that. I think he probably, uh, probably stays and plays for the first half of the year with the under-21s and maybe goes in the second half of the year on loan. Miguel Aziz, though, another one, needs to go on loan. I mean, they're just figuring these things out now. Like, Patino just left. Balogun left. I think there's a lot more action that's going to move. Agungbo just left. Aconquo just left. There's a lot more action that's going to come. But I'm just throwing some names out there of guys that I don't expect to see with the under-21s this year, at least not all of them. Obviously, we're not going to loan out probably another 12 guys. Like, we're not Chelsea. That's not how we operate. We don't want the under-21s to have nobody with experience. But there are some guys in there that I mentioned that probably need to make the move. But big season ahead. Big season ahead for everybody. I have to say I'm very excited for, for Friday night. And I really hope my soul isn't crushed when, Friday night when I go to sleep the way it was when we lost to Brentford last year. Obviously, very different season. We've done our transfer movement. We have the squad we need. Thielman's likely, I think, coming in very soon. Wouldn't be surprised if it's in the next couple of days. But... Up the Gunners. Come on, you Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners. Big season ahead for everybody. Excited to keep reporting on it. Again, Charlie Bettina out of Blackpool. Probably the most exciting news from this week. But thank you all for listening. And thank you all for, for everything for, for this month, School of July. Uh, it's it's really been a lot of fun to interact with a lot of you and, and, and post these threads and, and share our, our love for Hale and together and, and the enjoyment of watching these players succeed Please DM me if you want me to answer any questions on this podcast. It's hard for me to see all the comments in the threads. It just kind of gets lost amongst the likes and retweets and, and the you know alerts I have on for other accounts. So please, if you have a question you're looking for me to answer, feel free to just DM me. I'll either answer it in text or let you know that I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Thank you all for listening last week with Kev on from Next Gen Arsenal. Most listened episode we've had to so far. Love doing this for you guys. And again, more interaction, more DM me. I'll answer DMs, no problem. I'll happily answer any questions you have in DM. I just don't always see comments uh, on threads and whatnot. But thank you again for all the engagement. Uh, I added 3,000 followers this month, more than I could have ever asked for. And I'm just so happy to see that there are other people out there with the same passion as me and, and enjoy seeing all this work because I do it for myself, but I, I also like to have you know people to talk about it with. And so it means a lot. And we will see you next week on another episode of Away From Hail End.